The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day comes to us from our epistle reading from the book of Hebrews and the 13th chapter, especially these words spoken of God, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our society, we talk a lot about falling in and out of love with a lot of things. And while fleeting emotions are not what God is speaking about most often when the word love is used in his scriptures, he does, in his word, talk quite a bit about the affections of our heart. He cautions us primarily that our heart is not to be so tied to earthly things that there is no room left for him in our heart any longer. Oh yes, in our society we talk about loving food, or sports teams, or that person that makes our life so much better. But let's be honest, we have other loves as well, loves that we don't talk about as openly. And one thing that seems almost universal among humanity is this. We all love money don't we? Or at the very least, we all at times fall in love with money, at least for a period of our life. I want to admit it. Ever bought a lottery ticket? Ever sat down to a slot machine? Ever entered a raffle with a cash prize? Ever worked that extra shift? Not because you needed to for any financial reason, but just because you'd have a little more money. Ever changed jobs solely because the salary was better? Ever thought that you could do a lot with your inheritance? And even thought about that before the one giving it to you was gone? Have you ever felt euphoric when you finally got to buy that thing that you had saved up all that money for? Or conversely, have you ever felt satisfied knowing that you've never wasted one red cent? like those other people do. Jesus says that we can even tell that we love money at times by whom we have meals with, whom we invite into our homes. He says today that primarily we often invite into our homes or sit down to a meal with those that we think that can repay us later with a similar meal or a similar invitation into their nice homes. We don't often sit down without those, or sit down with those who might not have the means to feed us, or who might not welcome us back into a home. We, even in that way, like to exalt ourselves by hanging out with the rich and the well-to-do, rather than humbling ourselves to dine with the poor. Oh yes, we fall in love with money so easily. And there are so many ways to see it in our life. After all, what's not to love about money? It buys things. It earns respect. It gives us a sense of security. Money attracts the people we desire. Money validates all of our hours of work. Money gives us, we think, the things that we want. But when our hearts get so attached to money, well, then our lives quickly become all about acquiring it. And that pushes people, then, 
to have out-of-whack priorities in general. In the end, it actually pushes God right out of the place he is to have in our lives. You see, when we get enough money, we start to think that we've provided everything for ourselves rather than thanking God for what he has given to us. We sometimes think we can ignore God's words when he speaks about calamity befalling those who leave him and his ways behind, because in our hearts we think we have so much that no calamity could actually take everything from us. In general, we end up trusting in ourselves and in our money instead of hearing both the threats and the promises of God in his word. And that is why God says today in our epistle reading, your way of life should be without the love of money. It's why elsewhere in the scriptures, God says that the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil and results in many people leaving the faith. It's why Jesus said simply once, you cannot serve both God and money. Of course, we have to use money in this world. It's used to buy the things that we need. And there's clear in the, it is clear in the scriptures that there's nothing sinful about having money or using money. But there is a big issue when we love it. For yes, the love of money ultimately wars against the love of God. Eventually, each person will choose one or they will choose the other. And that's why God constantly warns, even in his commandments, against being covetousness. Against being covetous, I should say. That is why he calls us to be content with what we have been given. That's why he instructs us daily to simply look to him to provide for that day. For he knows well that money all too easily commands our fear, our love, and our trust. We fear that we won't have enough. We love the thought of having more. We trust in what we have right now. And that's a huge problem because, as the Catechism reminds us, there is only one who deserves our fear, love, and trust, ultimately. Only God. When anything else takes his place, not only have we embraced a false teaching, but we've actually begun to worship a false god. And when you have a God, you serve them. And that's not only true of the true God, but of any false God as well. When money is our God, we serve it. And we see the worshipers everywhere we go. Oh yes, we too will run ourselves silly to get more and more of this money. We will not allow any money to be left on the table, so to speak in order to do something like spend a little extra time with our family. We cannot let any go in order to support the work of the church in our midst. And we're rather tight at times with trying to give to those who are in need because we fear that somehow if we give too much, we'll be the ones in need instead. So how is it that we end this love affair? How is it that we fall out of love with money, so to speak? Is it just that we should try harder not to love it? Will that work? Should we just say no to receiving it altogether? Can we budget our way out of this habit? No, none of that will work. The only way that we will ever truly be free of the love of money is when we are truly in love 
with God. When our affections are so tied to him that our true joy becomes his promises and his blessings. Listen to our text again today in full. It says there, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now we need not fear, love, and trust in money because God has promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is our helper. And since God Almighty is our helper, we need not fear the future. We can simply rest in peace because we have his promise to never leave us with anything that we have, or leave us without anything that is needful. Yes, we can say with Davis, David the psalmist, the Lord is my shepherd, and therefore I shall not want. Today we must admit that we fall pretty quick and hard for money. We must admit that we are all often dreamy-eyed staring off into dollar bills. We must admit that when we trust God less than we trust the money that we have in our wallets or our bank accounts, well then we have sinned. Yes, we must admit that the love of money is indeed lethal to our faith in God and our love of God. But blessedly today, as we confess that truth, God has a word for us again. It is a word he has spoken before, but that he speaks to this particular situation and this particular time. He says to us today, I will never leave you nor forsake you. My son Jesus has died for all your sins. He has taken away all of your swooning over money and he has nailed that to the cross. He has suffered even being forsaken there upon the cross in order that you would never be forsaken that you would never be left behind. Do you understand, God says, I forsook my own son because of your sin, but because of his work, I will never forsake you. There will never be a time when you are alone. And when that kind of good news is spoken to us, well, it awakens faith within us. That is when by the Spirit we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear, for what can man do to me? Yes, when God has our heart instead of money, well, then we're free to use money as God intended it. We're free to use it to provide for our closest neighbors, our family. We're free to give it away generously and freely. We're free to invest our money in order to assure that the gospel will be proclaimed where we live and throughout the world. We're free to help out those around us who don't have enough in the moment they are living. We no longer will ever have to wonder if our giving will somehow lead to our need. For God promises it most certainly will not. So today, yes, you might have been reminded of some of the times and the ways in which you have fallen head over heels in love with money. But even more, you've had place before you the one who truly deserves your affection. You've had placed before you the one who has promised to provide everything you need. The one who has promised never to leave you or forsake you. So you may have come here with your love of money, 
but you leave here with the love of God. The love of God shown to you in Jesus. The love of God that he has for you each day in your daily life. The love of God that is the source of why he provides for you each day. And if you came with the love of money and you leave with the love of God, well, you've made a great trade indeed. The Lord, he is your helper. Fear not. Amen.